Hello there, listeners. It's Laura Yarbrough Lloyd with another episode on a Flair for VIP Events podcast. I'm in Canada right now on a work trip, and I've never been here before. And I'm in the middle of one of my favorite events of all time doing VIP services. I'll talk more about it on a future episode, but be sure to check out my Instagram because I'll do a lot of live coverage, photos, videos, stories, tips, all kinds of stuff. So check out my Instagram. It's one of my favorite events. It is in the sports sector, but at this one, instead of player services, or team services, I do VIP services, and I absolutely love it. And it's super nice to be here in Vancouver, especially at the start of fall, and I know a lot of people in and around the area, so I have extended my trip after the work is over, and we'll spend about four days here for fun, so I'm really, really excited about it. And I had such a busy summer. This event, while not the last event uh, for me of the year, it certainly feels like the culmination of a really, really busy time for me. So I think I spent more time in London this summer than anywhere else um, with Wimbledon and um, some other things in London. And also went back to America. I went to Cornwall, family visiting. It was just such a busy, fun summer, but also really, really fun. Um, But enough about that. Let's talk about the topic today. Today's topic is a little word called protocol, and it sounds pretty rigid, but it's quite fascinating. We most often think of the word protocol as rules, and my introduction to this topic of protocol came about because when I started working with VIPs many years ago and didn't know what the heck I was doing, I turned to my friend Google and searched something like, how do I act around VIPs? What do I do? And I saw this word protocol come up over and over, and I really went down the rabbit hole, but it was a good rabbit hole. Um, I think it was through this one word protocol that I really jumped two feet into the VIP world. I started learning a ton, taking classes, reading, listening to podcasts, talking about it on my own social media, and then people started coming to me for advice on how to interact with VIPs, and it's all because of protocol. A lot of people don't know what it is. Even people in the event industry would say that it's just some rules um, and have some misconceptions about it. So we're going to talk more about it. Let's dive in. Welcome to a flair for VIP events. Join your host, Laura Yarbrough Lloyd, a VIP event planner, as she takes you behind the scenes of the VIP world. Learn the strategies, network, and mindset needed to work at iconic events like the Olympics, Academy Awards, Wimbledon, Royal Weddings, and more. And tune in for tips on how to work with celebrities, athletes, and world leaders, how to be or hire a VIP manager, and how VIP management will skyrocket your career. All you need is a flair for VIP events. Okay, here's a good, unexpected definition of protocol for you. Protocol is the modern currency of relationships, and I'm ready to talk more about what that means, why it's important for event pros, 
what kinds of events and VIPs this applies to, what the purpose of protocol is, and some examples of, let's say, royal and political protocol. So it's 2023 and we're really connected globally. There are things with global ramifications, whether politically or economically, that depend on sometimes small, minute transactions between humans. And most of the time, those things happen at events. On a large scale, you have things like state dinners and summits like the G20 that's happening, presidential inaugurations or royal coronations. And on a smaller scale, you have things like business meetings between global companies and appearances of dignitaries and royals at events or organizations they are patrons of. And at the heart of all these kinds of events are people who want to build relationships and portray a positive image of themselves, their organizations, and even their countries. And protocol is the tool that helps to build those relationships and images. So one important thing is to shift the thinking from protocol as associated just with royalty and formal society and dignitaries to protocol being associated with even for-profit and not-for-profit organizations. And let me just explain why quickly how this is important uh, for um not-for-profit and for-profit organizations. So let's say in the corporate world, protocol is used to network, to move business along and make deals. And protocol will make sure that the right people or those that have a mutual interest are seated next to each other, for example, at dinner. Protocol is also used to stage encounters. You wouldn't believe it, but fashion events use protocol to make sure that the right people are in the front row. And ushers will make sure that certain people are walked by other certain people as they're being ushered into an event because they understand protocol and they want certain meetings to happen. They discreetly will help you find someone to talk to, but that encounter is strategic on their part or the host's part or the organization's part. Now, a lot of times protocol is confused with etiquette. They aren't the same, but they're equally important. But the difference is that etiquette changes with context and culture and time, whereas protocol is more or less uniform across society and around the world. For example, a visit of a high-level dignitary for a meeting between countries is managed more or less the same around the world. And this is actually something that you can study in school. It's even a great career path. Um, Within the White House, there's the Office of the Chief of Protocol. And I'm going to read some of these responsibilities directly from the government website. So these are right from the website of the Chief of Protocol um, within the, the White House. So here's some responsibilities. Plan and execute detailed programs for foreign leaders visiting the president and accompany them during their official travel in the United States, including their visit with the president at the White House. Make arrangements for and accompany delegations named by the president to represent him or her at 
inaugurals, funerals, weddings, Independence Day celebrations, and similar ceremonies abroad. Arrange the official entertainment by the Secretary of State, especially events in the diplomatic reception rooms of the State Department. Organize treaty signing ceremonies. Plan and execute the President's and the Secretary of State's official events at the United Nations General Assembly. Suggest official gifts to be given by the President, Vice President, and Secretary of State and their spouses and select, purchase, deliver, and maintain records of gifts for annual report to Congress. Okay, so that's straight off the U.S. government website, and there's a lot more on there, and you can see all of that is event-related responsibilities. So it's a career path. Um, anywhere in the world, you could work for a government or a royal family, let's say. You could be the protocol officer within the United Nations and so on. And let's talk about what kind of events and VIPs this even applies to. Some events and instances that you would need to be aware of protocol are global celebrations, signing ceremonies, state funerals and weddings, high-level delegation visits and ministerial conferences, royal engagements, dinners and summits, and their seating arrangements, the order in which people stand for photos or seat, are seated for photos, the way flags are displayed, and more. Even the order people enter a room. So it's important when you have any kind of dignitary, ambassador, president, prime minister, queen, king, prince, princess, etc. involved, even CEOs and high-level stakeholders and celebrities. So all kinds of VIPs, all kinds of events, all kinds of event scenarios. So if you're involved in an event where high-level delegations from multiple countries are meeting, which happens all the time, um, it's your duty and responsibility to know the protocol. And typically there will be a protocol expert in these instances, but let's say you're still involved in the event. And the thing is, for events, it's not just meetings or state dinners. It's also things like the Rugby World Cup, which is going on. There are royals and presidents and world leaders attending that. So I work at Wimbledon every year, and I'm around royals, not just from the UK, but Europe. And when you're working there, you know 100% that a royal is going to be visiting. Not because anyone tells you, but you see protocol being carried out right in front of you, and you say to yourself, yep, a royal is coming. And I promise that when you see firsthand the protocol, you see that it does in fact allow for an efi efficient visit and everything going according to schedule, in addition to things being safe. So let's talk about why it's important for event pros. What if you're just attending an event or working at one and there happens to be one of these people like a dignitary or a royal or another high level person coming? First, you need to know that with protocol, an event essentially runs more smoothly and all the interactions are smooth. Time is used wisely. It removes awkwardness and it guarantees predictability. But you do have to put in the work beforehand. First, asking yourself and the client or the organizer of the event, 
What's the goal? What are we trying to make happen? Is it a photo op of all these world leaders or a princess thanking the volunteers? Or is it a signing of a treaty between two countries even? Is it a meeting of people who need a 10-minute in-person conversation? You also need to know the importance or ranking of the VIPs in question and then make your own protocol if there isn't an existing one. And some of the things that event pros should know or at least be aware of are precedence, which is the rank of senior officials. For example, royalty is followed by ambassadors who are followed by senior elected officials or politicians who are then followed by senior civil servants. And representatives of government always rank above corporate VIPs. And within each of all, the, all those classifications I just mentioned, there's a ranking based on seniority or, or the number of people they represent and even the alphabet. Outside of government organizations, you have more freedom and you can make your own protocol. Let's say at a festival, the VIP ranks above the artists who rank above the sponsors who rank above the visitors. And another thing to know is how and when VIPs arrive at events. So protocol says that the most important stakeholders arrive last and leave first. Even in vehicles, protocols followed and a transportation company will help to facilitate this where the most important guest sits on the back right seat and their door is open first and they are also dropped off closest to the entrance. And when they leave, the most important person or guest of honor is escorted all the way to their vehicle by the host. Um, seating arrangements also follow protocol. The host is flanked by the two most important people, the most important guest on the right side and the second most important on the left side. This is true in meetings, gala dinners, state dinners, and so on. When speaking, the host will always speak first, followed by the most important guest. In processions, the most important person walks in the front right with the host on their left. And if you ever usher the guest of honor, you allow them to walk on the right side, which is symbolically seen as the most important side. So I've just zoomed through only a tiny, tiny fraction of protocol tips. So just remember, there are entire books and training courses and certifications and protocol, but it's good to be aware of if you work at events where VIPs come. And if you're interested in the topic of protocol at events, becoming a protocol officer may be a really good career choice for you. There's a lot of strategy, PR, logistics, and hosting involved, and protocol officers are really important to the overall success of the event, and they work closely with the host to ensure that any VIP is treated properly. So if you know this, you ensure your own success and you won't embarrass yourself or the organization you work for by fumbling your way through VIP interactions, which is the entire reason that I stumbled across this topic. I felt that I was um, sometimes a bit clumsy and awkward around VIPs and I didn't really know where to walk, where to stand, how to greet them, um, how much I should escort them and so on. And so that's how I stumbled upon this topic. And since I learned it along with etiquette, it has skyrocketed my VIP event career. And I just want to finish up with some of my own experiences of royal and political protocol. So I mentioned Wimbledon earlier. 
Um, for example, I've seen a few times the Prince and Princess of Wales, the Queen, the Princess Royal, King of Spain, um, even the um, Prince of Denmark attend an event, many at the same time. And it's not a formal event like a state dinner, it's a sports event. So the Princess of Wales is the patron of the event. Um, the King of Spain and the Prince of Denmark attended the event to support athletes from their countries. So protocol was really important at this event and will always be important at these kinds of events. So obviously security is really tight at this and it's common sense that you need to time all of this right otherwise it's chaos with these really high-level people arriving at the same time and people coming to greet each royal and um, the subsequent meet and greets and uh, photo moments. But what dictates that timing and the manner in which they get out of their vehicles and who greets them and how they're escorted and where they sit at the spectator event is protocol. So in my experience, when royals arrive, there's very little fanfare, but you know that they are coming. It's almost like people start coming out of the woodworks. They start cleaning the space. They secure the room. And you realize you've never really seen some of these people before. So there must be security. And the drive near the entrance gets cleared. It gets calm and quiet. Maybe not outside the event if people are lined up to watch a motorcade if they know it's coming. But if you're inside the event, you know that they're coming. So when the royals have arrived and they enter a room in reverse order, this means that the most senior person comes in last. So let's say the king of Spain arrives um, and they enter after the Spanish ambassador to the country where the event is. When the prince and princess of Wales arrives, if the princess of Wales is the guest of honor at the event as the patron, she's escorted by the main host of the event or the chairman of the organization. She will walk on the chairman's right side. They're followed by the prince of Wales and family. And when they depart, the host or the chairman will walk them outside the building to their vehicle. It's not a far walk, but they still do exit the building and escort them. Even when you look at photos of the royal box at Wimbledon, you see the chairman seated, the princess of Wales on the right side, which follows protocol. Even when the queen arrives at an event, which I've witnessed, and does a meet and greet, the people who were participating in the meet and greet will line up in a semicircle, which is dictated by protocol, instead of a more formal receiving line, which you see at state dinners. So it's all really fascinating when you see it play out in front of you. So there you have a very brief overview of protocol in the political, royal, and corporate spheres. And it's such a powerful tool to have under your belt if you work with VIPs. And maybe it's not buzzword to a lot of people in the event industry, um, but you can sell the fact that you know what to do around VIPs and give examples to prove this knowledge even without saying the word protocol. 
So you can definitely sell yourself there, sell the fact that you know what to do, um, give those examples. And if you work for something like the UN or the White House or a royal family, they of course know what protocol is. They pick up on the term. But if you study it and you find yourself in a situation where you want to work at an event of this nature, you may not um, even have to use the word protocol, but you can um, demonstrate that you understand protocol um, with like VIP scenarios and logistics. And if you're interested in learning more about it, I can recommend some books and courses and websites. I would love to chat more about that and career avenues or freelance avenues that include VIP events and VIP interactions of a political or royal nature. So send me um, a direct message on Instagram or LinkedIn. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this new episode and learned something that will help you achieve your event goals, whether they are to work at Iconic VIP events, to manage VIPs, to create VIP experiences, or to hire the right team for your VIP event. If you found it useful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. For more VIP resources or links to my social media to stay up to date with a flair for VIP events and get all the behind the scenes content, you can visit my website, lauraloydevents.com, find me on Instagram and YouTube at lauraloydevents, or on LinkedIn, I'm the only Laura Yarbrough Lloyd. I'll see you next time when you undoubtedly will have a little bit more flair for VIP events. Cheers, everyone. Bye.